Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning and welcome to another day at the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. I'm your host, Frankie Mackay, and as always, producer Jacob is alongside me as we talk sport and talk Canterbury sport. It feels like there's always so much sport going on. There is heaps to keep tabs on, but that's what we're here for. We're here to bring you the quality yarns with quality people. So I guess what are the big stories this week? Well, we've got Fast Five Netball that's been announced. Christchurch to be the venue in November, which is pretty exciting for the region. New Zealand Cricket, they've announced their their schedule for the season and Hagley Oval's picked up a few games, a couple of White Ferns games in December, a couple of Black Caps T20s in January and the big one really for me, they've got the second test against Australia the 8th to 12th of March. A long way away but something to put in your calendars. And uh, of course that Black Caps uh, touring site that's been named as well and it's got seven Canterbury players in it so we love Love to see that. What what else have we got? The Rams. The Rams, that was slightly controversial, how they've made their way through to the semi-finals. Uh, they defeated the Hawks Bay Hawks, 103-95 to Thursday night. Of course, a little tiny bit of controversy in there, but look, that all... That doesn't matter that you get through to semi-finals and you're just a couple of wins away from lifting the cup. That semi-final is tonight at 7pm. But I guess, Jacob, the biggest talking point of the week is Football Ferns, FIFA Women's World Cup. How good was that? Absolutely, Frankie. I was sat in front of my uh, TV on Thursday night, uh, enthralled uh, throughout the entire 90 minutes. Um, Honestly, couldn't have hoped for a better result. Yeah, how how good and what forty two thousand people there to watch it? I think it's uh, they're they're the first senior New Zealand football team, male or female, to win a match at a World Cup. And are we now thinking they're a pretty good chance to get out of their pool? Yeah, I know. I don't want to get too ahead of our uh, ourselves here, but um, I mean they must be right. I mean they've got the Philippines on Tuesday in Wellington, and then they play Switzerland um, in Dunedin. Following that, if they can get a result against the Philippines or a draw at least. Um, you'd you'd think they're a shoe in to get through to the uh, round of sixteen, right? Yeah, I, I think so. And it was just cool. It was just cool to see. Crowd was pumped. Players were so excited. It looked like there were going to be tears everywhere. You just, I mean, just imagine how pumped that dressing room would be. So for me, it was it was super cool. And I know you're a bit of a football fan, so surely you were you're pretty impressed with the showing first up from New Zealand. Absolutely. I mean, I've got to say, I didn't have any expectations going in uh, because of the previous results. I'm sure many, many a fan um, was like me watching watching uh, the game, uh, but I was highly impressed. I mean, the goal, like, I, seriously, that was top, top class. It seriously was. It was, um, yeah, goal kick out wide and then up the right-hand side of the uh, pitch, crossed it into Hannah Wilkinson expertly, and then she finished it and put it away. Like any top class striker, um, they would anyone would be proud of that goal. 
Yeah, look, that's on our things we love to see for the week, for sure. But uh, I guess plenty. there's plenty going on closer to home as well. What do we got going on in Canterbury? Well, the midwinter session. It's Otatahi's newest local winter festival. Starts 1 o'clock today. Christchurch Arena, well, Wolfbrook Arena now, sorry. Tickets are still available. Think local food, musicians, bands, performers, and a selection of the finest beers, wines, and spirits going around. Truffle day out for something slightly different at Black Estate Winery. Starts at 11 o'clock. You've got the chance to go digging truffles with the Lee family and their dog Freddie and then it's a five course a truffle inspired lunch which is meant to be the best lunch you'll ever have big claim but I'm sure it lives up to it uh, that's not quite to your taste then there's the Littleton Craft and Treasure Market a collect corner from 9am and something completely random We've actually got a Guinness World Record attempt going on at Koha Fitness as we speak. It's a 48-hour treadmill run, which sounds absolutely disgusting to me, but good on Emma Timmis. She is taking that challenge on. It finishes up Sunday. I'm sure she would love some encouragement throughout that as well if you've got a little bit of time on your hands. And, of course, it's club rugby semi-finals time, so Bob Deans and Edgar Mack are the two grounds hosting those finals this afternoon. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about those later as well on the show with Donnie Bell. That'll be your Trident Homes local sports update for the day. We'll also have a chat with mainland Poakai head coach Josh Thompson. Now their season's got underway and hear what's going on in the world of women's basketball here in Canterbury. But to kick us off this morning, we will be talking with returning Black Cat Kyle Jamison and what he's been through, what he's gone through and just how much he is looking forward to getting back in that black shirt and getting back playing for the Black Caps. So that's coming your way right after this little break. Time to talk some cricket now and this week the Black Caps announced their T20 squads to tour the UAE and England. There are a couple of new faces selected which is always good news and even better news there's one returning player in there. Cricket fans all over the country will have a smile on their face with Kyle Jamieson set to return to international cricket more than a year after sustaining a serious back injury on the last UK tour and we're lucky to have him join us here today. Kyle welcome, thanks for your time. How are you feeling and and I guess how the emotions, knowing that uh, your wait for international return is is almost over. Yeah, feeling pretty good. It's nice to, um, yeah, nice to I guess be on the cusp of, um, you know, of returning to play and um, and play international cricket. So, yeah, it's nice to nice to obviously been a you know a wee bit of a long journey, but um, yeah, nice to I guess be be you know I guess, yeah sort of two or three weeks away from you know from resuming I guess some sort of normality. Yeah. Well, you were injured, you know, what was it, June of last year in the UK. You got back playing a little cricket in the summer only for, I believe, scans to pick up that, that back injury again. You went under the knife in February. How How's that recovery been? What's it been like? And, and how tough has, has such a lengthy rehab been? Yeah, I guess it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. Like you said, it was sort of, um, you know, June, June last year when I first came home and sort of, I guess, took the conservative route and, thought we'd pretty much nailed that and then um just for kind of I guess the the scans to sort of show um show the fracture and then to kind of I guess be back to square one in a way was um obviously a sort of a, a tough thing to sort of process, you know. Thought it was you know, it was pretty much back on the cusp of playing cricket, um, you know, with that England test series and then to I guess be faced with surgery is um, you know, something to sort of get your head around. But again you just kinda I guess switch back into the mode of right, what's this um, I guess this next sort of four or five months going to look like, and um, how can I, you know how can I use it? I guess to you know come back better when I do you know do um, I guess eventually get back. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it, 
about to make your comeback in that test series against England, which was played uh, in the New Zealand summer. You know, that was that was a pretty impressive test series. Was that tough to be on the outside, I guess, looking in and thinking, could have, would have, should have, maybe wish I was there and, and to be to be missing out? Are you a guy that, you know, sits around and watches the game or do you try and try and get away a bit and, and not have it constantly on the TV in front of you? Well, I probably went through phases, I reckon. I reckon when I first came home from England uh, last year, I didn't really watch much of it all, partly due to the time zone, but also just I just needed a bit of, I think, space space from it. But, yeah, I was certainly, you know, I watched a fair bit of that England series and then the Sri Lankan one that followed. And, um, you know, that's often, I guess, probably one of the tougher tougher parts of the rehab is, you know, watching the guys and, you know, I guess not being able to um, help out in, in any way, you know, not only with your skills, but also, I guess, in the sheds and, um, you know, away from the actual skill sets of the game. So, yeah, it's certainly certainly one of the um, tougher parts of it. But, yeah, um, it would obviously be nice to, to be back in, back in around the group and, um, you know, try and play a part both on and off the field. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess now you, you're on the comeback, has there been some, some technical changes you've had to go through or, or is this just, you know, a bit of bad luck? It's it's unfortunately part of the job as a fast bowler that, you know, injuries crop up and especially back injuries. Has uh, there been some remedial work, I guess, you've had to go through or is it just getting strong, getting the body ready to go and, and you can have at it? I suppose it's probably probably part of what you sign up for as um, as a bowler and just as an athlete in general, right? Is that you're going to be faced with faced with injuries um, and little niggles from time to time. So you certainly, um, I guess, make peace with that, you know, from the get go. And um, I think, you know, in terms of, I guess, the the changes, I think you're always trying to evolve and get better and make little tweaks and stuff. And um, I guess the injuries kind of give you a window of time to to continue to go on that process, but nothing different, I guess, than what I'll be doing over the next six months when I get back playing as well. So um hasn't been anything crazy, just, I guess, just those little tweaks that just, you know, hopefully make things more efficient, more effective, and um, I guess, yeah, improve your game moving forward. I'm sure there's been plenty of batting that's been completed in that time with, with that time frame of no bowling in there. Are we, are we perhaps going to see you sneak up a, a couple of spots in the order now? <laughs> I'll have to ask Gary about that, but um, yeah, look, it's certainly certainly something that I've, I've worked on. I think it's you know, it'll be close to close to fourteen months by the time we um, get on a plane yeah. to UAE. But I feel like you know, for for ten of those months, I've been able to be out, you know, um, working on my game, you know, both batting and bowling. So um, yeah, I feel like I feel like both both skill sets are in a pretty good place, and um, I guess hopefully able to able to showcase that, and um, I guess to can yeah try and continue and evolve that moving forward. And it's some positives to take from it as well. Is there the chance that, you know, it's, it can feel a bit doom and gloom, injury and, and being on the rehab trail, but have you had some time to get away, maybe try a hand at some, some different stuff? Yeah, I think there's always positives to take from it. I think it's just, I guess, your perspective on it, right? Like you can, you can kind of sit there and mope around a little bit or you can kind of, I guess, focus on, on you know what it does give you and you know it's given me an extended time at home which I hadn't had for the last um, couple of years before that and um, you know time to spend with your friends and family and um, I guess you know work on a few things away from that as well so look it's certainly been I think there's a lot of positive to take from this journey and it's um, yeah been a lot of learnings and a lot of experiences and stuff but hopefully that'll hold me um, in good stead as we get back out of the park.
Yeah, hope so. How how is it all feeling now? I mean, you've got tours to Dubai and England. The schedules look pretty condensed. They're they're pretty once you once you start, you're just got to hit the ground running. Are you hoping to be you know good to go for all of those matches, or will we maybe still be seeing a little bit of of load management, game management throughout those trips? I hope not. I hope I'm involved in all of it. I feel like I've um, I've done my fair share of um, load management probably in the last twelve months. If I Although if I looked at probably that schedule again before I'd come home, I would have said, oh, it's probably um, quite condensed, might need a bit of a break. But I feel like I'm probably the freshest guy in New Zealand at the moment and <laughs> want to be, wanting to be a part of everything. So, um, yeah, obviously, I guess the selection stuff will, you know, will determine what, what I'm a part of and how I'm away for. But um, at this stage, I'm, I'm good to go and yeah, feel, like I'm, you know, feel like I'm ready for, I guess, a bit of an extended run of it. Yeah, and expectations of of what Dubai is going to be like. It's it's maybe not a place that most fast bowlers probably look forward to, but uh, you know conditions maybe not not exactly what fast bowlers are up for. But I'm sure you are mad keen to get out there. What kind of conditions are you expecting, and, and what do you expect from from the UAE side as well, who, who you don't play a lot of cricket against? I expect it to be pretty hot. I think Frankie. I think it's supposed to be. Well, having been there in August a couple of years ago, it was mid 40s or mid to late 40s um, during the day so I know it'll be a fair bit warmer than what it is here in Christchurch that's for sure um, yeah I, I suppose like yeah, like you said like conditions and stuff and don't necessarily always favour the fast bowlers but it's it's such a cool place to go to and um, you know not knowing a huge amount around what the UAE will throw up will just present its own challenges so uh, look I'm, I'm just pretty I'm just pretty excited to just hop on the plane and be around the group again, just playing some cricket, um, I guess, no matter who it's against. So, um, yeah, just can't wait for that. And there'll be someone else. There'll be a couple of players, I'm sure, who'll be equally excited, a couple of new faces. But one of them, the young Eddie Ashok, you've played a bit of cricket with him. What is, what's he like? What what kind of personality has he got? And, and how much is he going to relish being involved in that international setup? Oh, he's a great, he's a great young kid. And, uh, you know, like you said, I was fortunate to... Spend a couple of years um, in the same environment uh, with him in Auckland, and um, he just, um, yeah, he, he, I guess he gets the, he gets the work that needs to go in, and he, you know, um, he works hard, and he, he does all the right things, and um, he's a seriously, seriously talented cricketer. So, I think it'd be really good, you know, good for him and good for, good for Dean as well, just to um, get in around the group, and um, I guess get, just get a taste of. Of what international cricket is like, and you know, I know certainly from my experience when I first came in that just seeing it up close and personal was a you know was a massive learning for me, and it, you know, sort of I guess enables you to um, take that back and work on your game and understanding what that environment looks like. So um, yeah, great to have those two guys involved, and um, certainly looking forward to spending a bit of time around them over the next couple of weeks. And we have to mention it as well because we're thrilled about it. You are making the move back to the Red and Black this season. Uh, was it a, a big decision, a tough decision? And, and I guess what were the reasons behind uh, wanting to make the move back back to Canterbury? Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was really a, a, a tough decision necessarily. It was, um, you know, I've been living living back down here for you know, coming up, or, you know probably about eighteen months now. So um, it was probably the, I guess, the logical. Um, move to make in terms of just being able to spend more time at home and um, you know it's certainly got a few good mates and stuff in this team as well so it's nice to I guess um, combine up all those factors you know playing with some mates and being close to home and and join a pretty good system and um, you know it's certainly, it feels like it's, I think it's only been about four years but it feels like 
a vastly different person to you know to the one that left. So um, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in the environment again, and uh, yeah, I guess just reacquaint myself with um, with the team. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty impressive fast bowling crew in Canterbury at the moment. And I, look, I know the batters are already not super excited about facing you guys, especially on those uh, early season wickets at Hagley. But does that excite you to be to be part of a group that's got so much fast bowling talent within it? Oh yeah, it's seriously impressive. It's um, good luck to Fultz when you have to have to pick a team and, um, yeah. and cut and cut a few guys. But um, yeah, look, it's going to be great. It's, you know, whenever there's you know, more fast bowls around. It certainly uh, makes those makes those training days a little bit spicier. So um, yeah, it'd be nice to um, nice to be a part, I guess, of a pretty talented group and um, you know bounce ideas off each other and I guess lift that training intensity as well. And I think that'll only um, leave the team in good stead moving forward. Yeah, and I, and I guess I mean you kind of touched on it a little bit that it it's been. You know, four years I think since you you were last here, but started off back in that 2013-14 season, and I guess you were the you were the young gun at that stage. And now you come back in uh, a little bit more experience on your side. Is it a real chance for you to be leader of the attack? Really help some of these young guys out, and and is that kind of where you see your role now in this group? Is is trying to be a leader and, and almost a bit of a mentor to some of these guys coming through? Yeah, I think you're trying to find that balance. I guess like. Between you know still trying to progress your career and you know then trying to help help the young guys out as well and you know had a had a few experiences over the last wee while and um, hopefully you know I can um, I guess impart some knowledge to to some of the young guys and um, just help out I guess in whatever way I can and um, I guess that's the beauty of um, having played for play for a few years now that you you know you pick up some things and um, you see some different environments and you can take some lessons that hopefully. Hopefully, can help some guys, um, you know, when they go through their journey. So, something that I'm definitely, um, I guess, passionate about as I continue to move, you know, move along in my career. And um, hopefully, I've got something to offer, um, you know, once we get back, back together as a group. Yeah, I think uh, I think you've definitely got something to offer, that's for sure. And look, we're certainly looking forward to having you back in the red and black, and also can't wait to see you back in a black cap shirt. It's it's been a little while, and, and no doubt it's there's been some tough times along the way, but we are we are very very excited. And I'm sure that's only a smidgen of what you are feeling as well. The the excitement to get back out there, to have ticked off all the work, and and to be rearing to go into international cricket again. So, Kyle, look, thanks thanks so much for taking the time out of uh, a very busy time of year for you at the moment to have a chat with us and. A Good luck from us here at the Canterbury Sports Corner and at SENZ for the upcoming tours. And hopefully it's the last we see of you on the sidelines and, and lots of cricket to play from here. Thanks, Frankie. Appreciate it. That was Black Cap Kyle Jamieson on the back of being named in the Black Caps T20 squads for the upcoming tours of the UAE in England. We will take a quick break here. Don't go anywhere. Plenty of local sports chat still to come. Let's talk a local sport now. Brought to you by Trident Homes. Designed for living, built for life. Well, this week ahead of club rugby semi-finals, we've got fan favourite, friend of the show and key member of the Integrity Uni pod- Unit podcast. It is Donnie Bell. Donnie, welcome. How are you? And, and mate, how's your week been? Frankie, always a pleasure. I'm very well, thank you. It's a beautiful sunny Friday. Just uh, been wandering down past the Avon River here. My Friday is going well. It's going fast, been busy, but going fast, so can't complain. And look, we'll start uh, We'll start with the serious stuff. The last time we talked to you, you were off to officiate a wedding. It all went okay, I'm hoping. 
Yes, the couple got married, and yeah, it was a fantastic occasion. Despite the rain, luckily they were under cover there at the Botanic Gardens um, and under the band rotunda, so they were nicely covered and went as well as could be hoped for. And just a beautiful day. There's no better feeling in the world than marrying a couple and having them so happy. It's such a such a happy-go-lucky feeling, and all went according to plan. Had to scamper my way through the Botanics after a game of... Uh, footy and head over and no, a lovely occasion for sure and they're very happy which is what we like to see that's what we like to see indeed now look this competition it is getting down to the point end now preliminary finals time just the four teams left remaining at that that top end but first i want to talk about last week's game you see they have had poor varsity they have had a couple of weeks to forget after being minor premiers and did, did the wheels fall off or, or is that just a bit of a age experience or lack of those showing on their part? But of everything, I think, uh, Frankie. No doubt uh, the minor premiers, obviously lack of experience of being there at finals time. The mud, a young side, I believe they lost Blair Murray as well in the last game. But yeah, they did fall off to an extent. You could certainly say that because they were up 26 nil in that game and mm. that is some comeback Limwood coming back uh, from the dead 26-0 down and kicking a kick from the sideline with three minutes to go to win the game a huge win for the Bulls and yeah that's a big result there Limwood 40 over University of Canterbury 39 but we'll go into those games more I'm sure but just the last few weeks for University haven't gone well their last round against Shirley wasn't a great result, but they still finished minor premieres and massive kudos. A huge, vast improvement. But yeah, just both games going down to high school old boys the week before, 21-12 in the quarterfinals, and then not being able to get the job done against Limwood. So I'm sure they'll be highly disappointed. But yeah, as I mentioned, very, very tough final series where they just haven't been able to get the job done. Yeah, it's been a bit of a theme, unfortunately, for the students. Poor Varsity, minor premiers, they're gone. Lincoln University, they finished second. They've ended up, what was it, a two-point loss to Marist and then a one-point loss to New Brighton, and they're gone now as well. So they must just be absolutely shattered with that, Donnie. Uh, that would be as tough as it gets. I know I've been on the end of uh, results like this before, and... Yeah, that, that's tough. It's demoralising. There's no hiding in sport when you lose narrowly, as I'm sure you know, Frankie. There's really not. And that Marist Albion game in the mud was an absolute thriller. And them go down 26 to 24 was highly disappointing for them. A huge timer hit late in the game for Marist Albion, basically with Linwood, uh, a big pardon, Linwood Lincoln University hot on attack, Marist Albion coming up with some big defence to get over the line, 26-24 there, and then for Lincoln Uni to go down to New Brighton in a ding-dong battle, 27-26 in the semi-final at the weekend, just gone, and that could have gone either way, and that was coming from a New Brighton player, a penalty on full-time to sell it for New Brighton, that's absolute heartache for Lincoln University, who have been such a strong team this year. And to lose in those fashions two weeks in a row must be incredibly tough. Oh, it's yeah, it, that's, that's a horrible, horrible way to end your season. But let's let's talk a little bit about uh, this plate final matchup this week. I mean, Burnside, last week, they got up over, over Shirley. They, they were the uh, 
1929, I think I've got it here, finishing pretty strong, actually, this Burnside side. I think they've played some good footy in the last last few weeks, but they've got Sumner this week. Are they a chance, or, or is this one too far? Sumner too strong for them in that play final matchup? Much to your, uh, I'm sure, to put a smile on your face, so definitely a chance, uh, Frankie. Um, I like it. Burnside, uh, they've been impressive this year. They had an extremely tough year where they weren't able to uh, get the job done last year and win a game. This year, much improved. Very strong win over Shirley there, 10-point win, of course, last week. And they've got a chance in this plate final that is coming up. It's always a tough place to go to Sumner to play. Tough crowd um, who are very passionate about Sumner rugby. But Burnside will go there believing, uh, led by Captain Sean Forster. Um, they'll, they'll certainly rate themselves a chance in that plate final this coming Saturday. I do like to hear it, but it is the big games this week. It is high school old boys. They're hosting New Brighton at Bob Dean's, and then you've got Marist hosting Linwood at, at Edgar Mack. There's, look, there's a few teams in there, Donnie, that you've mentioned in our other chats that you thought would be would be pretty tough to beat at finals time. They'd be there or thereabout, maybe a little smoky. So where do you see these games going this weekend? What's going to be important? What teams have, have maybe got a little edge here? Yeah, I wasn't too far off, Frankie. Like I said, those thrillers with... Linwood beating Canterbury by a point and New Brighton being, beating Lincoln University. The two universities gone and these four very traditional clubs in there in these semi-finals, they will be as tight as teeth. They're going to be absolute nail biters. Uh, it leaves nothing to the imagination because these games are so hard to pick. High school boys New Brighton could go away. Both teams brilliant. They've got finals and semi-finals experience. I think high school boys may well pick that one. Could go either way, but high school boys bringing in terrific momentum. New Brighton will be knackered from their uh, last-minute win last week. Like I said, could go either way. High school boys with a home advantage, with a bit of a rest. I feel like high school boys could win that. Maristel be in Linwood. Linwood have got nothing to lose. They'll have some real belief having beaten the uh, minor premiers last week of the round robin comp. And I am picking Maristel to get the job done just simply because they've been to the last three finals in a row. They know what they're doing. They've got players coming back from injury. And I feel like they will take that game out. But Linwood are one of those teams. I've got a couple of injuries, a couple of players out, but they would bring in serious belief in the fact they've got nothing to lose is a scary thought. So a couple of fantastic prelim uh, finals this weekend, Frankie. Yeah, well, Marist, Marist, the last time they met, they were pretty comfortable winners, weren't they, 27-14. There's, there's a little hope that uh, Linwood could turn it around. But what's Linwood going to need to do to beat this Marist side? Where is the strength of this Linwood team? Yeah, absolutely. Going to have to out-muscle them, I think, up front. Um, and at the same time, their backs are going to have to play a role to contain dangerous players like Elliot Smith in the midfield. Uh, Yo Isaac Hutchinson's out on the wing. They've just got danger men all over the park, Marist Albion. Linwood are a proud club, a very, very experienced side, big, hearty, and they're just going to have to be extremely disciplined so not give away penalties and cards. It's going to take discipline, and it's going to take a little bit of X factor and uh, just some of those 50-50s falling Linwood's way to beat Marist Albion. It's certainly achievable, 
But at the same time, this Maris Dalby, so it's like, and they've been somewhat of a dynasty being in the last three finals in a row. You don't hear of many clubs going to three or four finals in a row, so credit where credit's due. But that's what it'll take for Limwood. Discipline, skill, and a few things, just the bounce of the rugby ball going their way. Yeah, that's just finals footy, isn't it? What about this this high school old boys team? My look at it, they last lost in May. That's actually, that's quite a long time ago. And they've had the weekend off as well the week before. How much this end, you know, back into the competition, how much does that extra week off actually help? Or could it maybe, could it maybe hinder? can go both ways. Absolutely, Frankie, can go both ways. I would have thought, uh, yeah, it's so tough to say. I would have thought helped. But at the same time, they've been a momentum team. They've sorted out their discipline somewhat, which has helped immensely. They've got some real experienced players. Tom Stanley playing his 100th game. He's played plenty of NPC rugby, been around the club scene for a very long time. I think they'll be okay with the week off, but New Brighton have got one of the best forward packs in the competition. That will be a cracking game at Bob Dean's. But I think the week off shouldn't affect the polar bears too much. But that that one's just that that's the hardest of the two semi-finals to pick for mine. And it's almost the complete opposites, isn't it? Like basketball boys, they've had a nice week off, put their feet up, through they go. New Brighton have just been absolutely hammered with close games. They've had a couple of nail biters, but that could actually stand them and stand them in really good stead as well to, to have been able to get through those close ones, get themselves into this position, and, and now they can just have a red-hot crack at, at high school old boys. There'll be some real beliefs. Yeah, they'll go into that not fearing anything. Uh, New Brighton, they've been here before. They've got a quality all-round side. They're winning games. They know how to win tight ones. I mean, the fact they're winning tight games... They'll hold no fear coming into the semi-final. And, yeah, I'm so excited to see how that one pans out. Yeah, I actually can't wait. It's actually, every time I see the results, it, it has just blown me away how close all of these games have been. The oh, amount of one point, two point, heartbreak stuff for teams it has been phenomenal. Well, I'm sure it's going to carry into the last couple of weeks of the season as well. It. Yeah, I, I absolutely. So, I think the team's going to stay, but just seeing every week, the last few weeks, these one-point results, high-scoring games, it's upsets. It's as good as I've known Metro Premiership Rugby, as you alluded to before. I just think there's going to be a couple more twists and turns for sure, the way it's trended. <laughs> but just unbelievable how many one- and two-point uh, differences there are, Frankie. Well, your predictions have been pretty on point so far, so I'm going to hold you to the fact that there's going to be a few more twists and turns yet. It'd be remiss of me not to mention it. We've probably got to touch on it. We are hoping for nice, fine weather. What about if it's in the wet? Who does that suit? And are there going to be teams that are thinking, oh, please stay dry? Or the opposite, are there maybe a couple of these teams that are thinking, yeah, if it gets wet, that is going to suit us down to the ground? The wet will certainly suit New Brighton. They've got one of the best forward packs in the competition. I think wet or dry, Linwood Marist Albion, not going to be a huge factor. Both teams can adapt to the conditions. Um, dry certainly helps dangerous back lines. But at the same time, uh, yeah, if it is going to be wet, that will suit New Brighton. If it's going to be dry, I hate to think how scary that Marist Albion back line will be. I'm praying for some dry weather as well. I'm doing some managing with the uh, mighty uh, blinders, Marist Albion blinders. We've got our knockout round against, of course, Frankie Burnside. Surprise, of surprise. So 
hoping it'd be nice to get some dry weather and to uh, be able to use all 15 on the park for sure. So um, some great semi-final games as well there with uh, us playing Burnside in Div 2 and the other Div 2 game as well, Littleton against a four-time winner, high school old boys in that game. So weather dependent across off, across several divisions, but one of the best weather sides I've seen is New Brighton and those other sides, the class Marist Albion, high school old boys, Limwood, they can play in any condition. Love it. Look, I'm sure there's just going to be cracking games all round. We will cross our fingers for some fine weather you've been on. You've been on the money with your predictions so far, so I'm hoping you're on the money with your hopes for the weather too. But, Donnie, thanks again. Thanks for your time. You're an absolute star, and we, we love your work on the Integrity Unit podcast too. It is our go-to listen. So for our listeners today, if you love what Donnie's got to say like we do, go and check that out as well. We'll have one last break here, and then we'll be back talking basketball with mainland Puakai head coach Josh Thompson. Into the home straight now, and it is basketball to bring us home. The Canterbury Rams, while they're into the semi-finals tonight against the Nuggets, but they aren't the only Canterbury team that's into their work. The mainland Puakai got their season underway last weekend and are now two games into their season, and we're very lucky today to be joined by head coach Josh Thompson. Josh, thanks so much for joining. You haven't quite notched a win yet, but how are you feeling so far as a coach? How's how's everything looking? Oh, yeah, no, pretty positive. Um, we we knew we were coming in out of season shorthanded, um, but I felt like our young players have done a good job at um, competing. Uh, just haven't quite managed to get a win yet, but uh, we're lucky enough to have uh, Jasmine Dickey come in tonight, uh, flies in tonight, and then Tasha Mack and Chubaston Islet, they arrive next week. So looking forward to having them join the team. Yeah, awesome. It's it is quite a different looking side to last year. How has the the build up been, and and how difficult is it with players kind of coming in at different stages throughout? Uh yeah. You know, we had a revamp of our roster, and uh, we've had a couple of girls come back from um, other teams last year, coming back and playing at home. Uh, obviously, not ideal that people coming in and out um, this start of the year. So it's been quite difficult, but. We have a good core group, which is uh, they're a pretty tight-knit group, so, and our leadership group have organised things really well, so that kind of when they do arrive, the girls kind of know that we can fit in quite well, so we're lucky to have good leaders in our group. And, and there's plenty of young talent in this group as well. There's multiple teenagers kind of dotted through that roster. How, how exciting is some of that young talent you've got in your group? Oh, no, we're super excited with our, our young talent. You know, the likes of Cardi uh, Diatua, Williams, Kavana Lenny, um, and Lauren, obviously the big one, Lauren Whitaker. Uh, she's been great uh, for us at practice. Um, and, yeah, super, super excited for our young talent. And, and we talked about it as a coaching staff and as a management group that, you know, this is the future and we're trying to build it um, for years to come. So super excited about it. And the chance to, uh, for them to play with a couple of imports as well. You, you mentioned, you know, one arriving. But can you tell us a bit about, about them and, and what they're going to bring to this group? Oh, I just think they bring some experience. Uh, Tasha Mack obviously played Eurobasket with uh, Montenegro a couple of weeks ago, um, which was huge. And Jasmine Dickey played in the WNBA uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So the experience that they'll bring from overseas and, you know, a lot of learning for our young athletes to talk to them and learn about college life because obviously some of them will go off to college in America and then also what it's like to be in a professional environment um, overseas. So 
yeah, no, very, very excited for them to come and, and good for the, our young ones to learn, not only from them, but from our um, Kiwi uh, pros as well. So, no, exciting stuff. Yeah, and to be having players, and there's a few dotted throughout the, the league that have got that, that WNBA experience. Is that pretty good signs for the competition that actually we're, we're starting to attract some, some real top talent that can mix it with our, with our homegrown players? And, and that's only going to take the... I guess the standard of the game from strength to strength here, right? Oh no, for sure. Like we, it, it it's taken a big couple of steps. I've been involved with uh, the league before it was the Tauhi League, and we we were really the only one team that had an import back then. But now that every team is getting imports and rising the standard, you know, it becomes a bit of spectacle and for the fans and for. You know, our young female athletes, young girls that want to play basketball, that they can look up to these types of athletes and where they've come from. So, no, definitely lifting the standard, and it, it is exciting. And then, obviously, as a coach, you know, it's exciting to coach uh, pro- professional athletes from other countries. So, you know, and you, you kind of learn things as a coach from them as well, which is exciting. Yeah, well, it is the second season now of the the Tauihi, the new rebrand of of what this competition looks like. You were involved last season as an assistant coach. What what did you learn from that? What did you learn from, I guess, the first season of of doing things? And, and what have you brought to the group this year as your first year as head coach of this group? Uh, oh, just kind of bringing my uh, last year was a learning curve for me. Like obviously, I knew a lot of the local girls and a lot of local girls that played in other teams. Which helped, but the, I think the biggest learning was how, how to deal with overseas players, how to deal with imports. You know, they've played in professional environments for um, a while now, and just how to interact with them really. Uh, and this year, I kind of brought that with with our team and the learning sort of took with interactions with the girls. You know, getting to know them uh, not just on the court but off the court as well. You know, life things because I felt I've been in the female game for a long time and. <laughs> 